0: What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks.
1: The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being.
0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.TV. Join the discussion at Payne.TV slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne dot tv slash gold my name is dustin gold and tonight ladies and gentlemen for episode 128 we have wide awake jim back or as some people call him jim All right, just plain old Jim. And I told you yesterday he was going to be back. We've got a lot of guests lined up. Tomorrow, we are going to have Mark on. He's going to get into the history of, you know, the Bible, all the different variations and stuff like that for you folks that are interested in uh, that type of information. And on Monday, we're going to have Justin, who's going to get into ranching. Really interesting stuff. He's out in Colorado. He knows about regenerative farming. He's been in ranching for a long time. He was in law enforcement for 13 years and left that industry when he realized how corrupt it actually was. So it's going to be a great conversation. Tonight, we're back with Jim. He's going to continue to go through the 196 documents, which really he sent me some additional ones. So it's over 200. If you're interested in catching up, Jim was on episodes 80, 88, 120, 121, 122, and one. 24, breaking down the climate change hustle, all of these documents out of the Bank for International Settlements, International Monetary Fund, the UN Climate Committees, World Economic Forum, everything that ties into central bank digital currency carbon credits, the future that we are moving into, folks, Uh, full-blown technocracy, the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services, or as we call it, complete and total worldwide international slavery. It's going to be a uh, great system if you're into living life as a slave. All right, Jim, thank you very much for uh, coming back to the show, sir. I know you took a week off uh from this show while you were what back working again in your real life (laughs) it
1: hasn't been a week we recorded monday oh wow three days off
0: oh three (laughs) days off see I, i can't even keep track anymore when you're doing a show every day and you're dealing with an eight week old it's uh time just keeps blending in last night i don't know what happened but Willie G, he was on this schedule for about a week where he was sleeping six hours for the first stretch at night and then waking up about two, three hours later and then we'd be up at six o'clock in the morning and that's it. Then last night he went back to this cluster feeding thing where he's waking up every hour and 45 minutes. It was horrible. It
1: was horrible. But
0: hopefully he's going to be Welcome at least more
1: once yeah. you once you have their schedule figured out, they switch it on you. <laughs> exactly.
0: I'm just hoping he's going to at least be my height, 6'3". I'm hoping uh, he'll be taller than you. You're 6'5", right? 6'4". Six 6'4". Four. Six four. All right. So hopefully he'll be at least 6'5". I'm cheering on 7 feet tall. Uh, Maggie is not happy about that, though. She said, no, I don't want him to be 7 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I just figure 7 feet really... It it kind of, uh, I mean, what could you be? A basketball player or a wrestler? That's pretty much it. Like, I don't, I, can you be a seven foot tall CPA? Like you were a CPA, would that be strange? Maybe <laughs> might have might want to get a bigger desk. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. You got to at least get a taller Ooh. desk. Otherwise, you're going to end yep. up with really bad back, having to hunch over and type into your computer all day. Yeah. Alright, so, oh, one thing I wanted to ask you. So you had posed the question to the audience over a couple of shows about, uh, the production of arsenic doubling since the beginning of COVID land, the high school theater production. Like we saw the numbers doubling in 2020, 2021. Now, some people from pain.tv slash gold had sent you some information. You shared that with me, with Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Payne podcast on Fridays. Then the other night, we were all kind of diving into this little rabbit hole of arsenic. And then we were looking at cloud seeding, which a lot of people are aware of, but many people are not. And so this uh, guest I have on, for Monday, Justin, who's in ranching. He said, oh, I actually have a friend of mine who has a cloud seeding machine. Now, I've never met anyone who actually has a cloud seeding machine. He said, this guy has a cloud seeding machine. He's somehow subsidized by the government uh, sitting on his property in Colorado where they do cloud seed. I mean, people can go to the Colorado government website. They don't hide this. And this guy flips it on. It literally pumps silver iodide and dry ice into the air and can actually uh, cause it to rain. I said, oh, don't tell me anymore. I want to talk about this on the show, because I was reading about cloud seeding and then silver iodide and different chemicals they pump into there to see if that creates arsenic. I mean, we are it's really interesting. We found out that arsenic is pumped into a lot of the chemotherapies. It's used in uh, treating wood, you know, like, a, like a pressure-treated paint. woods. Yeah. Paint. It was in paint. And then they also use it in – it had something to do with, like, computer terminals, electronics, things like that. So you didn't find a definitive – Semiconductors. You didn't find a definitive answer yet, right, as to why it's actually doubled? No. No, No, it's crazy. But – Yeah, I I have not.
1: I have not found anything.
0: Yeah, and then I had, uh, for episode one – 26, I had Coach Saji, it was Dr. Saji, he went to medical school, he's from Algeria, then um, he said in Algeria back in 1999 when you went to med school you didn't get paid a lot as a doctor, so most of the doctors over there actually went into the big pharma industry, which is what he did, and then he eventually immigrated to Canada and he said that he was working for big pharma for many years and about 10 years ago I think he ended up working for a medical device company. And that's when he actually started doing additional research into the Rockefeller Medical Industrial Complex. And so I had asked him briefly about arsenic, and he said, his opinion, because you asked me to ask him this, he had said, uh, look, all the stuff that the government and big corporations are pumping into the air, you know, through cloud seeding and weather manipulation, pesticides, crop dusting, trials. Yeah, he said, exactly. He said, everything that's going into the soil, into our water, into our food, through pesticides or genetically modified foods, his whole belief is all this stuff is toxins, it's all pollutants, it's all poisons. That's really what's getting into our bodies that is uh, that is making a lot of people sick. And he said, so I, I just look at arsenic as one of the many things that are being pumped yeah. into the air and the water, soil, and uh and he said so. Yeah, because I think the stuff
1: you and uh, Maria and I were looking at it had, it had like uh, a lot of barium. We didn't. Yeah. I didn't go pull the chart of barium production, but bariums being uh, pumped into the, or sprayed into the air. Yeah, it's crazy, and
0: you know, and I just want to say because I researched it probably four or five years ago, the cloud seeding element, and yeah. Again, there's people that actually know it's real now, but there's still people like if you like if you told the kind of the Fox News conservative types like my father, he'd probably tell you you're crazy. But the, the government doesn't hide. It's not like it's a hidden thing. I mean, there's literally eight states right now that declare that their state governments do cloud seeding. Uh, one, one of them is Colorado. They have a whole government website about the cloud seeding. That they do. So I always say, well, when they're reporting weather now on the news and the local news, it's going to snow tomorrow here in Colorado or it's going to rain. Are they telling people that this is created by the cloud seeding weather machines? (laughs) I mean, do they tell people this? And they still get it
1: 50% wrong. (laughs)
0: well well, i'm gonna find out from this rancher justin when his friend goes out in the backyard and turns the weather machine on can he actually predict it's gonna rain or it only works half the time how does this thing work i'm really interested i'd love to see i never dug deep enough to actually look at a video of of like a backyard cloud seeding machine i think that's quite fascinating that uh, somebody has one yeah it is that's crazy. All right, so tonight we decided uh, before the show, folks, we were going through some of these documents. So we're going to start with this uh, Bank for International Settlements uh, document the called the Green Swan. And they actually have a photo here, Photoshop photo of a green swan. It looks like something you would see, like floating through a river at Willy Wonka's chocolate factory or something,
1: <laughs> next to the golden goose. <laughs> Yep. What's the subtitle of the document there, Dustin? It
0: says Central Banking and Financial Stability in the Age of Climate Change. And this was written in January 2020. There's several of these Bank for International Settlements uh, documents that we're going to go through. We're going to do them all in order. The other thing, Jim, just so the audience knows, because I've been talking a lot now about uh, solutions mixing in your stuff with going... Uh, analog, using cash, knowing your local farmer, your local sheriff, stuff that you've uh, developed and also taken from Catherine Austin-Fitz and others that that you listen to. Uh, So, I'm gonna and I've been talking about a lot of stuff. Justin's going to talk about like the realities of actually developing a homestead and what really goes in to uh, farming and gardening, so people can actually understand as they're building their goals. So one of the things we were just talking about before the show was some different, uh, you know, sort of business ideas for folks who want to make some additional cash uh, locally. So eventually. When we're all done with this stuff, Jim, hopefully we'll be able to have a couple of conversations on solutions, including how to generate some additional cash. Because I think part of what people need to be able to do uh, as we lead up to 2030... So I'm looking at this as that's kind of my deadline where I have to have a lot of things done and accomplished. And there may be people sitting at home going, i got to make more cash inside this matrix system to be able to buy water purifiers and all these different things I need to do. So hopefully eventually we'll get into... Uh, different business ideas, things that people could do. Jim is really good at running numbers. I've done that because I did a lot of budgets for production and stuff over the years. So a lot of times I'll come up with an idea, I run it through a spreadsheet calculator, and I go, eh, not viable, move on to the next one. Or, yeah, that looks good. So ways that people can start to use their valuable time as they tune out Fox News for three or four hours a night, and they could put that into generating additional revenue to help them get some of the supplies or be able to save up money faster to buy a piece of land or something like that. So we'll get into that. All right, Jim. So I'm going to pull this up full screen for you so you can actually see it. And this is the
1: uh, abstract. I still haven't gotten a plausible explanation to how climate change affects banking.
0: Well, the I'm only waiting. thing, that the only uh, connection I see is that there's green and then there's green, so, <laughs> green energy
1: <laughs> and green dollars. That's about it. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Anyways, um, so the Bank of International Settlements is releasing all these documents. Somehow they they can get together and do all this work during a supposed global pandemic. But anyways, another story. So they come out in the first sentence. Climate change poses new challenges to central banks, regulators, and supervisors. Not sure who the supervisors are. Uh, Anyways, maybe that's the Rockefellers. Not sure. Um, Goes on to say, central banks alone cannot mitigate climate change. This complex collective action problem requires coordinating actions among many players, including governments, the private sector, civil society and the international community. Now, they did not say uncivil society, just the civil people, not the uncivil. Uh, So you have to agree with them, otherwise you're uncivil. Central banks can therefore have an additional role to play in helping coordinate the measures to fight climate change. Those include climate mitigation policies such as carbon pricing the integration of sustainability into financial practices and accounting frameworks, the search for appropriate policy mixes, and the development of new financial mechanisms at the international level. (laughs) Now, gee, I wonder what all that means. Carbon credits, uh, 15-minute walkable cities, and CBDC? Hmm. I'm sure they're going to consult the civil society public. Uh, before they roll any of these out, you might get a week to comment. <laughs> as long as you don't yeah, admit, they, as long as you
0: don't uh, admit too much carbon while you're talking. No, that's uh, exactly that would, that
1: would be a And it's interesting. It's it's so interesting. They literally tell you you have to know when you know the plan. It's so easy to see what they're really up to, right? So the very next sentence says, "All these actions will be complex to coordinate." and could have significant redistributive consequences. That's right, because Mr. Global, Mrs. Global, the elites, Rockefellers are planning on taking all of everybody else's money and resources. That's the redistribution that they don't want you to know about, but that's what's really going on.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And Jim, let me ask you this. At what point do you think that Mr. Global is going to come out And they're going to say that you have to put your mask on not to protect others from whatever new strain of COVID or some new uh, fake virus they cook up, but actually to it helps filter out your CO2 uh exhaust like do you think they're going to or they're going to come up with a carbon muzzle i haven't looked into i'm going to look for this because i haven't yet but i guarantee if i look for some sort of a carbon muzzle that you wear on your face like an exhaust pipe there's probably some big technocrat some big tech company
1: behind that already <laughs> i guarantee look, it, it's does, it, it doesn't surprise me look at the dummies over in california wanting to regulate cow farts
0: <laughs> well one, one I, of the things i that, mean uh, seriously one of the
1: things i'm going to talk about interestingly enough interestingly enough if they stop feeding the cows corn i saw this from some farmer person if they stop feeding them the corn crap uh then pun intended i guess (laughs) (laughs) when they're eating just regular grass that's not like not sprayed with chemicals their farts are a lot less anyways (laughs) i I don't know i'm not a farmer but that's what that's what somebody said We'll get
0: we'll get this. I'm, I'm going to do a little research on it before I have Justin on Monday. But one of the things he's going to talk about is they brought in. Uh, so he's in Colorado, not far from Aspen, and he's basically like an old style cowboy. They round up all the cattle and move them around the lands, yeah. and they have to work in cooperation with the government because it's uh, under the forestry department. But um, he was telling me there's these like fake conservationists you know the crazy greenpeace true believers of this climate change crap that we're talking about uh like Mm -hmm. nonsensical solutions to climate change uh and so he said these guys they breed these wild um they're like dog wolf hybrids called wolf dogs and he said they release them into the wild for the purpose of killing the livestock right so he said they're finding a lot of them they're complaining to the federal government and so i said well i'm going to do some research because this guy tom steyer who was behind next gen climate action committee he was known for doing that kind of stuff now he's a multi-billionaire he ran for uh, president as a democrat back in the 2020 race and i said but he's one of the guys that would send the the fake activists out to like camp out on top of a pipeline or whatever or harass yeah. an oil executive at their house. I said, guaranteed it's orchestrated. I said, because these aren't real tree-hugging hippies, because the real tree-hugging hippies want to eat grass-fed beef, right? They don't want to kill the cows and then be forced into a funnel of eating crickets and impossible burgers. I said, so this has to be an orchestrated thing that's going on. There's not just these true believers breeding wolves. research,
1: But I found a few do- a few organizations, so just stay tuned.
0: Yeah, I mean these guys aren't. It's not regular fake hippies
1: breeding wolf dogs in their backyards. I mean this is no, an no, orchestrated. It's, it's Antifa style organization.
0: Exactly. I've got
1: two organizations I'm I'm digging into at the moment, so I'm not ready to take them public.
0: All right, good, good. Now this is a forward by one of your friends, Augustin
1: Carstens. Uh, some people should know. Augustin Carstens, the guy that uh, Mike Moore dubbed Jabba the Hut, uh, <laughs> who came out and said that uh, that. Uh, you know, hey, yeah, when you spend a $100 bill, we have no idea what you spend it on. But with CBDC, we know ev- where every penny went, and we can track it, and we can we can force it. That, that arc August and Carson's. Yeah. So he says the first best solution to address climate change and reduce greenhouse gas emissions is Pigovian carbon taxation. So in other words, what he thinks we should do is tax the living crap out of everything to do with fossil fuels to get people to stop using them yeah now i hope your audience understands that like literally 90 percent of the products or things in your home and your car uh would not exist without petrochemicals or fossil fuels we would literally go back to the stone ages like overnight
0: Yeah, no, let me just ask you this, just clarify here, because I think it's always important to point out, like, the evil, uh, you know, the evil that really drives these guys. Somebody like him is not, I don't think, a true believer, right? This is a banker, so he's Bank for International Settlements general manager. They are not going to tax fossil fuels to force regular folks to not use fossil fuels they're going to tax the fossil fuels to drive up costs for regular folks that's all all they're going to do correct
1: in your opinion exactly exactly they again how do you get a whole bunch of people willing to accept two things one a carbon credit economic system versus a monetary or money-based economic system and two a microchipped cbdc in your hand you have to starve them to death via inflation or freeze them to death via inflation to where they're so hungry and so cold and can't feed their families they would be willing to do just about anything including accept those two things that's the plan yeah Oh, yeah, I agree with you.
0: That's why I just want to point that out for people so you understand. These guys aren't taxing fossil fuels to try to force you just a middle-class guy that gets gas at the gas pump, and you have uh, natural gas that goes into your house to to run your oven, right? They're not trying to force you to run out and buy $50,000 solar panels. They're doing this to bring you pain and suffering. And it's the same thing, Jim, because you just you just said yep. it there uh, so eloquently, but it's the same thing we were texting about the other night with Mar- Maria, with this, uh, uh, how did you put it? Because um, you said Ka- Catherine Austin Fitz brought it up with how we're just degrading, uh, we're installing the Yeah, everybody from, you know, Trump, this reality star, to Joe Biden crapping in his pants, to the point in which the veil is lifted intentionally to expose the corruption, the criminality. These guys gladly take the slings and arrows because they know we're not revolting. But what they want is us to become so disgusted with the system similar to Peter Thiel's thing with Curtis Yarvin where they want to introduce this techno-fascist king, but first they have to degrade the brand, make it so gross, people are willing to just accept anything else, and this is how you come in with, well, we can do a technocratic system that's governed by artificial intelligence, and hey, it can't be any worse than what we have right now. Look, we've got this guy Fetterman walking around literally drooling all over himself. We can do better with artificial intelligence. I mean, that's basically what we see. I mean, this is the world we're living through right now in the moment is and, the transition and part of the transition is to make you suffer through the economic system uh through orchestrated supply chain issues and then at the same time they right. make your government
1: look just disgusting and repulsive to where you're willing to accept anything else And want to make sure that at least a third if not two-thirds of americans are on either social security in some sort of welfare entitlements or UBI, they're going to replace that with UBI. So they want them on either Social Security or or UBI. Probably two-thirds of the U.S. population. But this is global, folks. They have to get... Well, in their minds, they want everybody. They literally want everybody. Because again, like we talked about on the last show, if you have 10% of the people go, yeah, no, I can support myself. I don't need this UBI crap. I'm not getting it. Then you have people that are as you say, outside the matrix and everybody else is in the matrix and the people that are in the matrix that know anybody outside the matrix are going to go, wait, wait a minute. I like their system better. Right. And leave the matrix. So you, they, they, they literally have to get everybody.
0: Yeah. That's why they want to drive everyone in. You're right. Because that, that's what um, I had said on a past show was that if you focus on these solutions In your personal, instead of trying to wake up your friend who doesn't want to be woke to this, you can lead by example. You go out and you make these changes, and all of a sudden, a year two years from now, as your friend loses his job to artificial intelligence or automation, now he's turning around and going, whoa, Jim was right, or Dustin was right, or Mike Moore was right. Holy crap. How are you doing this? And you go well. You're you're a couple years too late, but I think I can help put you on the right path. That's kind of what we're trying to do right. here.
1: So, all right, let's continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, no worries. Um, so Carson's goes on to say, but such an ambitious new tax tax policy requires consensus building. That's another fancy, you know, feel good, uh, fuzzy word for coercion, uh, and is difficult to implement. Nor can central banks resolve this complex collective action problem by themselves. An effective response requires raising stakeholders' awareness and facilitating coordination among them. So getting corporations on board so we can go around the the temporarily elected officials. Uh, He continues, central banks can coordinate their own actions with a broad set of measures to be implemented by other players, governments, private sector, civil society, and international community. And um, these include enhanced monitoring of climate related risk through adequate stress tests, developing new methodologies to improve the assessment of climate related risk, including environmental, social and governance criteria in their pension funds. Now, how many news stories were talking about ESG in pension funds in January of 2020? Yeah. Crickets. Mm-hmm. So, where did this come from? It did not come from BlackRock. It did not come from Larry Fink. And it did not come from any po- political administration anywhere in the world. It came from the top of the organization down the Bank of International Settlements. This ESG no, that- will help to develop and assess the proper taxonomy to define the carbon footprint of assets more precisely green assets versus brown assets gotta love the marketing
0: no no it's but it's important what you just pointed out too i just want to put an exclamation point on that where you just said these type of plans do not originate from the political puppets that we see on tv so even for let's say i would say Probably the biggest one that most people would remember, even Fox News conservatives, was AOC a few years ago promoting the Green New Deal. AOC did not come up with the Green New Deal in a back room with Bernie Sanders where they broke out a pad and pen and wrote down these ideas. (laughs) These ideas originate from the banksters i mean that's where they come from then they get filtered yep. down turned into bumper sticker slogans that people like bernie sanders and aoc run around and talk about that's why when bernie sanders pretends he's against corporations and he's against big bit, it's like ridiculous dude you're working for the bankers he's working directly for the bankers he's out there promoting the bankers ideas
1: and yeah, the Bank of International Settlements takes this and gives it to the UN. The UN then does their own studies and documents so it gives it lends credibility to the documents themselves. and then they push it through the World economic Forum to market it and come up with policy ideas for all the uh, all the political a- uh, administrations around the world. And exactly. then they're the actual salespeople. Yeah, that's how po-
0: that's how it flows. Yep, and the WEF, they're doing that for the political side and they come up with the branding for the so-called private sector side. So it's like they come up with the marketing for the the two sides and then under the public-private partnership, which was going on for years. I mean, you find documents going back 15 years ago they're talking about the public private partnership. It wasn't until Trump brought it into the American lexicon by saying, "Oh, the wonderful public private partnership. Incredible people, so
1: great, so great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, last time we gave a little timeline, right? We we said that uh at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where the the central bank got together, the, all the bankers in the US got together, and uh, came up with the going direct reset that BlackRock wrote, handed to the Fed. The Fed implemented it in March of 2020, but uh, and they they handed it to him I think in September of 2019. But in October September October of 2019, the repo market went all kind of cr- all you know crazy haywire. So all this banking stuff was going on pre-COVID. Well, this is interesting. In September of 2019, the Bank of International Settlements launched its green bond. Investment pool fund, a new vehicle that facilitates central banks' investments in green bonds. Mm. Going back to a phrase you used, they're creating the market. So if central banks are going to be able to hold green bonds on their balance sheet, uh, a commercial bank like JP Morgan will have more uh, uh, calm about issuing these bonds for projects that are literally not going to last 20 years so jp morgan can sell the bond to the fed at 100 cents on the dollar they're taking no risk okay now this
0: gentleman here jim yes okay francois too small
1: no that's
0: yeah this is francois so he was in one of the panel discussions we uh analyzed here i i just call him frank but he's the governor of the the Bank of France, the central bank of France, and he's also, yep. I believe he's chairman of BIS or managing director. B- I mean, he's a
1: bigwig guy, Francois. He was he might the one be on that, the F- he's on the SFB, or the, FSB. He's on that with the BIS, the Financial Stability Board.
0: Yeah, he was the one that I told you was kind of going tit for tat with the guy Axel, who was the chairman of Credit
1: Suisse. Yeah. So this and guy he, wrote in 2019. Or no, this is January 2020, this document. The immediate and system-wide transition required to fight climate change could have far-reaching effects, potentially affecting every single agent in the economy and every single asset price. He goes on to say, this is precisely what this book does. If central banks are to preserve financial and price stability in the age of climate change, it is in their interest to help mobilize all the forces needed to win the battle all hands on deck banksters
0: it's it, you know it's crazy cuz you you say to yourself the question you keep asking how does climate change affect banks right so yeah. when they and i've seen them talking about this on panels now you see it in writing this is where it all comes from but who is it that they're actually Trying to uh, propagandize into the system if let's say only I don't know, like if you if you walked into the grocery store and you started talking with random people, what percentage of people do you think actually wake up every day and think about climate change? I mean, what do you think it is? Five percent, ten percent? I I
1: have I, I don't know. I but I can tell you if you read what we just read from Augustine and Frank, if you told somebody just in a conversation at a at a dinner party or something, if you just said that didn't didn't uh, you know give reference to who said it, they would look at you and tell you you're crazy. Right? It's a conspiracy theory. That's what they would tell you. Yeah. When you can when
0: you could read it in their documents and watch it come out of their mouth in panel discussions. That's why I'm saying yep. it's it's just you know if you had uh, I mean and this is the difficulty of when you if you try to explain it. Like, I know a lot, there's people in my life, I don't hang out with them, but, you know, my brother-in-law's family and others, I mean, you know, they're people with multiple uh, graduate degrees and stuff, and you sit down, at but they're not vicious, they're not evil, they're definitely not on the side of the banks, but they actually are true believers in this. Like, they literally will say, say to you, like, if you don't put a windmill in your backyard, you hate the planet. Like, they will actually
1: say that to you. Hold that thought. Let me grab a book that I've been reading. Hang on just a second. All right, you do
0: it. Jim is going to grab a
1: book that
0: he's been reading, and Jim has a huge library. All right, this Let's, is The Rightful Place of Science, Disasters and Climate Change. He's holding up,
1: ladies and gentlemen, for the video audience. Yeah, this, this, this uh, scientist uh, is a professor, He's actually one of the experts. He's done multiple studies on does climate change or humans cause climate change to cause storms to be more, more stronger, create more damages and losses, like billions of dollars, et cetera. It's not just you know inflation adjusted. He's spoken at congressional committee hearings multiple times. This guy's an expert, okay? And not only that, he believes in climate change. In fact, he wrote it on one of his pages. It says, uh, bear with me, folks. I'll find it.
0: Now, I just want to tell you, folks, because I've seen a number. Jim has already showed me, just in conversation, 20, 30 photographs and snaps of books he has. So with all the paper that his books make up, Jim is personally responsible for climate change. I never yes. understood uh, yeah. when you, when you go to the grocery store and you used to be able to choose between the petroleum based plastic bag. And then they said, yeah. no, you've got to use paper or you're polluting the planet. Yeah. I never understood. Like if you're using paper, that's cutting down a tree versus using the plastic, how is one
1: better than the other? Yeah. So this is chapter two. Okay. Chapter two. I'm just going to read it to you. Is climate change real? Yes. Yes. Does climate change have human causes, notably from the emissions of greenhouse gases? Yes. Does human-caused climate change pose risks perhaps significant for life on Earth? Yes. Should policymakers around the world take action to reduce emissions towards eventual stabilization of atmospheric greenhouse gas concentrations? Yes. Does a price on carbon make sense? Yes. Do policies beyond a price on carbon make sense? Yes. Do scientific projections suggest that some extreme weather events may become more common or intense? Yes. Does current science suggest that episodes of extreme heat and intense rainfall may be increasing in some areas as a consequence of increasing concentrations of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere? Yes. I think he's on board with the plan. Right. Based on his answers to those questions. Then he asked a final question Does any of the work summarize? in this book, contradict my answers to any of the above questions? No. So what he is here, and the UN, he's got statements in here from the UN IPCC. okay, mm-hmm. The International uh, Poly- C- 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 Climate Change Committee, right? They, It's got the charts and the graphs and the data. And he goes through, okay, he goes through hurricanes. Do Does human uh cause climate change has has hurricane intensity increased? No. Has the has the quantity of hurricanes increased? No. They go through tornadoes? They go through floods. They go through droughts. And the answer is no for every single one. Mm. If you ask any person on the street, have hurricanes increased in over the last 10, 20, 30 years, they will tell you yes, because the media tells you yes. The data actually says no. And not only the data, the IPCC reports say no. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, is is this the same gentleman that you pointed out who had said um, that... They could hype up the severity of damage caused by a particular hurricane because 100 years ago versus today, there would be, let's say, no major city built in Tampa, Florida. So obviously when the hurricane rolls through this time, it's going to cause $20 billion in damage instead of a $1 million in damage because before it might knock down one hotel. This is the same scientist. That's him.
1: Yeah. okay there's there is multiple pe- i think there's like eight or nine peer-reviewed studies from around the world that came to the same conclusion the the fact that there's more damages has nothing to do with human-caused climate change and everything to do with the fact that more people and more buildings and more stuff is in the path of hurricanes that make landfall period right. exactly Exactly. I mean, and, and, and just turn off think Fox of News and read a book, people. Gee.
0: Well, it, well, it's like think of it like this. Let's say a volcano erupts and it kills no one, but then all of a sudden, uh, ten thousand people decide to build a city on the opening of the volcano, and then the volcano erupts and it kills ten thousand people, and they go, "The volcanoes are getting more dangerous. This time, it killed ten thousand people,
1: You're like, and Whoa. they're caused by <laughs> humans emitting CO two. It's crazy." Right. You say it's the same eruption that happened a
0: hundred years ago. It's just this time, 10,000 people decided to live in a hammock on the opening of the volcano.
1: It's crazy. And by the way, they have those data sets literally going back like to 1900. There is not an increase in any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, what what was the name of that book? One more time for folks. It's called "The Rightful Place of Science: Disasters and Climate Change" by Roger Pielke, P.I.E.L.K.E. Junior.
0: Okay. And Jim, how many books do you have, just for the audience? You've got to have
1: what a million. <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly said uh, the other night, the other day, she's like, "It's going to take you like ten years to read those books." I said, "So that's all right." <laughs> I know. Yeah, I had a conversation with my daughter uh, about a week ago, and I don't know how we got on the topic, but I told her I, I like to have. Oh, I know. I watched the movie where the crawdads sing, which was a really good movie, by the way. And yeah. there's a book, and she said all the you know all of her classmates and friends at college were all reading the book last summer. But she kind of wanted to see the movie. She wasn't sure if the book would be better than the movie, so she waited, and she's seen parts of the movie. And, uh, and, and so we decided, okay, let's buy the book. And we got into the conversation about all the books I have. And I said, you know, the books I have are 99% of them are like on, they're either documentary style books or they are studies like this from scientists. They're not fiction or, or novels. That's not Mm -hmm. my, that's not what I'm interested in. And I told her, I said, well, this is for you and your kids. It was there. They'll always be in the family. So everybody will always know
0: that's cool that you're doing it for that uh for that reason yeah i mean that's the whole like i said that's why i'm doing this podcast one of the main reasons because it's going to become part of the basis of a homeschool course education for yep. willie g man i mean i've got to teach him the real history about the world he lives in i'm not there's no way you're going to the public indoctrination center and learning this fiction uh, you go out there in the world and think we live in some, like, free land. <laughs> I'm like, this does, uh, there's no, like, you, you, at this point, folks, and I've had people reach out to me, and Marie Albanese is really the expert on homeschooling. She got me into it uh, five or six years ago. In fact, I'm going down to Florida probably in the spring to pick up from her. She's got about, like, all of her original homeschool books that she uh, used for her kids. She's mm-hmm. giving them to us. But, um... Yeah, like now I tell people, listen, I'd start to figure out if you have a young kid, how the heck you know one of you guys could not work as much or you start developing additional revenue streams now so that you can actually homeschool your kid I think to put your kid through public school now knowing what we know it, you're literally um, it's a it's child abuse at this point I, I I just go back to when I was in school and this is pre-common core and all this nonsense I look back and I go man I didn't learn nothing in K-12 through 12, literally nothing like the first year when you learn to read and do basic math it's pretty magical to see a kid do that other than yeah. that i i you don't need seven years of like world war ii history what is that you could teach world war ii to people whether oh. you want to use the you could do it in an afternoon it's like come on
1: just man. wait if your audience hasn't had their mind blown multiple times so far just wait till we're done and you read anthony sutton's book on live on your shows
0: Oh, no, I, I introduced the audience. Federal, the audi- the Federal I,
1: Reserve Conspiracy. Talk about a history lesson. People are going to be like, what?
0: Yeah, I, I had no
1: I, idea. I
0: introduced the audience to it like uh, two shows ago. I'm going through um, in between interviews now. I'm finishing up this yeah. paper written in 95, Industrial Society, It's Future. And I said, then that's the next one we're doing is Sutton. So I introduced everybody to it in case they want to try to find it and read it before we talk about it
1: yeah it's Um, like uh 80 or 100 pages uh and by the way when you roll up to maria's house yeah you need to go down there in your old pickup truck and you need to have just sit in her driveway and blare cubing music (laughs) (laughs) and see if she comes out (laughs) that poor woman i
0: swear every every time i'm talking to her late at night it sounds like she's in some latin dance bar and I'm like, what the hell? The music is... Kind of, I said, that that is beyond obnoxious. Like, uh, the, you she can lives hear it. next
1: door to Gloria Stefan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. It's horrible,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, executive summary. Uh, this book review uh, begins with the growing realization that climate change is a source of financial instability. I don't know how, but you know, I, I think I'm just right of the of the bell curve in, intellectually. <laughs> I don't think I'm a Mensa by any stretch of the means, but I can't figure out how climate change affects banking. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they continue. Their desire to enhance the role of the financial system to manage risk and mo- mobilize capital for green and low-carbon investments in the broader context of environmentally sustainable development, Agenda 21, Uh, prompted them to create the Central Banks and Supervisory Network for Greening the Financial System, NGFS for short. I've seen that in a few articles, uh, not many, but a few, again, created by the Bank of International Settlements, BIS. What was
0: Greening the Financial System in that uh, article you shared from last week? uh, I think that was uh it, mentioned. it may have
1: been stuff starting to run together in my head i've read so much so much stuff. i know
0: that's the problem there's just so much of this but now the only reason that climate change is affecting the financial sector is because the financial sector obviously as you can see now folks invented climate change So it's it's affecting (laughs) it because they invented it. So climate change is really the boogeyman. You know, just like how Russia and China will willingly play the boogeyman to the United States and we play the boogeyman to them and it allows them to control their people, control our people. Or like Trump was talking about the invisible enemy, which was COVID. That's what climate change is. It's an invention by the banks to then claim that it's
1: affecting the banks. Yeah, and if you don't believe Dustin, here's their own words. Exceeding climate tipping points could lead to catastrophic and irreversible impacts that would make quantifying financial damages impossible. Avoiding this requires immediate and ambitious action towards a structural transformation of our economies, (laughs) involving technological innovations that can be scaled, but also major changes in regulations and social norms. Technocracy. Climate change yeah. could therefore lead to a green green swan events and be the cause of the next next systemic financial crisis. Uh, <laughs> this is beautiful. Climate related risks will remain largely unhedgeable as long as system wide action is not undertaken. And I have a uh, little comment box over there. I can't read it. All or nothing. It says. Yeah. All or nothing. Okay, Green swan events may force central banks to intervene as climate rescuers of last resort and buy large sets of devalued assets. In other words, we're going to let the commercial banks invest in solar shit that's going to turn into Solyndra and be like a, a wasteland in the desert somewhere. And when it goes to zero and the banks are teetering on the edge, the central bank will come in and buy that piece of crap asset. Or green bond from whatever commercial bank issued it at a hundred cents on the dollar and bail them out yet again, in order to <laughs> save the financial system once more. And I, I've got a comment there that I can't read the whole comment because it goes. I off think the it's what I easily. think it's what you
0: just said. Buy all the bad shit. We allowed the ba- big banks to invest in bailouts from central banks plus bail-ins from depositors equal no financial risk to the big banks. Yeah, exactly. So they're telling them they're going to be yep. fine. Don't
1: worry about it. Right. On the other hand, central banks cannot simply replace governments and private actors to make up for their insufficient action, <laughs> despite going growing social pressures to do so. To overcome this deadlock, central banks must also be more proactive in calling for broader and coordinated change. We believe they can be best. Con- they, uh, we believe that they can best contribute to this task in a role that we dub the five C's (laughs) contribute to contribute coordination contribute to coordination to combat climate change
0: (laughs) I love these little slogans how much do you think the guy got paid to come up with that
1: you can't make this stuff up people
0: contribute to coordination to combat climate change (laughs) Uh, that's got to be turned into a little jingle.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but more importantly, central banks need to coordinate their own actions with a broad set of measures to be implemented by other players. This coordination task is urgent since climate-related risks continue to build up and negative outcomes could be, but uh, could become irreversible. There is an array of actions to be consistently implemented. The most obvious ones are the need for carbon pricing. And for systemic disclosure of climate-related risk by the private sector. Jesus. Disclosure uh, of climate-related risk is is code for regulating small to medium-sized businesses out of business.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: It also pushes the climate change risk to to any business into the media spotlight, into the forefront of the public daily. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. If we read every every one of these highlighted sections, we're going to it's going to take us uh 8,000 shows. So I'm going to skip some of these. Uh, but this goes to show that, that... Yeah, no, I'll wait, read this no, one here though. The, no, no, that's a good but... comment though there. Yeah, yeah, I'll read that little section. So the risk and adaptation costs fall disproportionately on poor countries and low-income households in rich countries without a clear indication of how the cost and benefits of climate change mitigation strategies will be distributed fairly, and with compensatory transfers, sociopolitical backlashes will increase. Thus, the need needed broad social acceptance for combating climate change depends on studying, understanding, and addressing its distri- distributional consequences. <sighs>
0: Yeah, and social acceptance thing, means they have to socially engineer you in so you willingly accept it. Uh, or at least you're not willing to fight back against it. Why? because as Jim writes right here come on what is good people have to believe us this is the banker speaking people have to believe us or we will get Sri Lanka <laughs> which is and this is what I always say Momar Gaddafi, you're gonna get Saddam Hussein whatever it may be folks they don't want to be dragged out of their houses this is one of the reasons why I said we're not really dealing with cyborgs yet. These people have not merged with machine and uploaded their consciousness because they wouldn't be afraid of us. If they were really immortal at this point, they would just snap their fingers and they would do it. They wouldn't have to spend a generation socially engineering people into it.
1: And if you go back to when we first started these documents, I said, you know, we went through uh, something I wrote in a word document about overall themes that I noticed on these documents. Yes. There's one of those themes again. Poor countries are are disproportionately being harmed by climate change, so we have to take over their land and their oceans and put them in conservation and manage them for them.
0: Yeah, and what they're really saying is the last of the uh, primitive, and we're talking about this industrial society and its future, the the paper, uh, the guy wrote about this back, and I haven't told the audience who wrote it yet, but back in 1995, that's what he's talking about, some of this he's not focused on the bankers, but he talks about how the sort of, you know, consumeristic, materialistic uh, folks, they go into these primitive cultures where these people are just, I don't know, living, you know, off of the farms they have there, and they, they declare them to be poor and uh, and now in this case, climate polluters, and that's their excuse to go in and steal all the resources and drive them into the banking system. That's what it, they were just, yep. they were fine. I mean, you could claim they're poor because they don't live up to our standards uh but you know if you if you ask them i don't they might not consider themselves but the richest guy in that community may be the guy who has the most amount of uh giraffe meat i mean i you know who knows that's their culture so they go in there and they steal it i mean that's what imf has yep. been
1: doing for all these years
0: they go in and they hijack yeah, all these scroll countries back up.
1: let's go back up i want to read that one last thing so the BIS goes on to say, in the, in, in the light of these immense challenges, a central contribution of central banks is to adequately frame the debate <laughs> and thereby help promote the mobilization of all capabilities to combat climate change. Control the narrative is what they're saying.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good uh, line right there, because promote the mobilization of all capabilities to combat climate change. Climate change of which they invented. They need to adequately frame the debate to drive everyone into it and mobilize us. Uh, In fighting it and mobilizing us to infighting it means for us to accept, as they say, social acceptance of the central bank digital currency system. That's all this is about. It's I mean, yes, along the way, a lot of people got rich off of the grift. But that was all part of getting those people on board uh, with the grift and getting companies to gear up and make solar panels and batteries and all these things. I mean, they had to convince a lot of folks. It's buy-in.
1: It creates the buy-in. Yep. You scroll down green swans they 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 term them climate black swans <laughs> um <laughs> which is racist but there the way. is well okay what are the black swans it's like you know a massive tornado that rips through uh, or a massive hurricane that rips through the entire southern you know part of the U.S is caused by climate change which you know if you go back and look the actual data from NOAA and and the UN uh it's not true But they Mm -hmm. tell you it's true, so you believe it. Yeah, definitely. Should Uh, we skip past this? There is certainty about the need for ambitious actions despite prevailing uncertainty regarding the timing and nature of impacts of climate change. Climate catastrophes could pose an existential threat to humanity as increasingly emphasized by climate scientists. Folks, this... Their own UN documents from the IPCC prove that sentence false. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story.
0: Yeah, because hey, it
1: said could pose. <laughs> yeah, could there's a one percent chance, but that's the way they're going to phrase the narrative. Right. I mean, it which could was say, literally I mean, on the previous page.
0: Climate catastrophes could make everyone in the world a multi-billionaire. Could it means absolutely nothing?
1: Yeah. Here's the five C's. Contribute to coordination to combat climate change. Okay. Mandatory disclosures of climate related risk and other relevant information, like the French Article 173 taxonomy of green and brown activities. Uh, We have that document. I'm not sure if we've already gone through it or not.
0: And this says regulate uh, small and medium
1: sized businesses out. Yeah. Yep. Regulate business out of business. Yep. Integrating ESG considerations into central banks' own portfolios. Um carbon pr- that's so that they can the central banks can buy blue bonds and green bonds and all this, you know, happy unicorn stuff. Carbon pricing, systemic of systemization of ESG practices in the private sector. Mm-hmm. And I love this limitations here. Central bank's isolated actions would be insufficient to reallocate capital at the speed and scale required. And could have unintended consequences, like people stop trusting us. Uh, <laughs> also, limits on carbon pricing, carbon pricing, and, uh, and of internet, internationalization of externalities in general, not sufficient to reverse existing inertia or generate the necessary structural transformation of the global socioeconomic system. What is a global economic <laughs> system, folks? They literally want to... They're telling you, we're going to change everything and put you into a technocratic slave system. They're telling you. Mm-hmm. 100%. They don't even hide We it. need a green... Mo- they don't hide it. We need a green monetary fiscal prudential coordination. We need potential reforms of the international monetary and financial system grounded in the concept of climate and financial stability as interconnected public goods. I'm just, I'm not convinced how my $100 bill affects the climate, I have (laughs) no idea. Um, Societal debates on the potential need to revisit policy mixes, given the climate and broader ecological imperatives ahead, integration of natural capital, there's the natural capital term again, Remember, that's where they take over the resources, 30 by 30, 50 by 50, put them into natural asset companies and IPO them on the stock market. And it's owned by all the politicians. That's part of their kickbacks and all their, all the elite buddies. That's the natural capital that they want to include in the uh, economy, in the numbers of like uh, what value does the trees in a forest in a park mm-hmm. near, nearby add to the economy of that city? Yeah, that's what that natural capital means. They want to put natural capital into corporate accounting systems. Again, regulate small businesses out of business. How does uh, the local mom-and-pop diner have to figure out the accounting of the trees on their property? (laughs) I don't know. It's just so stupid. Uh, Integration of climate stability. With, just like the, the Federal Reserve was tasked with maintaining a stable dollar, folks, I hope by now you've seen a chart where the value of the dollar is down. I don't know, ninety nine percent since the Federal Reserve was created. That's not stable in any by any stretch of the hmm. means. And now they're telling us we have to have a, a stable climate so that it's seventy two degrees with little, with just enough rain, no storms, no wind, uh, no droughts. It rains exactly on time every every week, so that the plants survive wonderfully, and and all the all the animals survive wonderfully. And this is all over the planet; it's all the same everywhere. No winter, no hot summers. It's springtime constantly. Yeah, it's uh,
0: like you said, the land of unicorns and rainbows. But you know, here as, as we're going through this, I just want to point out because these documents are similar to. Um, other ones you've reviewed. Now as you've said, very few people like actually read 115 pages, okay? But these documents when they're put together, they're used to then boil down the talking points for the supposed elected officials not just here in the United States, but around the world. And all these different governments, all these World Bank, BIS member countries and everything, they're
1: boiled case, down. In, point. case yeah. in point. November 2022, COP27, right? You had You had John Kerry and you have Macron and Trudeau and all these politicians come out with all these buzz phrases, buzzwords, talking points. Folks, you will see those exact phrases in these documents from the Bank of International Settlements or the UN or some subsidiary of the UN.
0: Well, and just like Joe Biden running on Build Back Better, which is just a slogan taken out of all this stuff, just like we talked about Trump promoting the public-private partnership, it comes out of all these type of documents going back 10 years ago. So there's policy walks to take this stuff, they boil it down, they hand it off to the politicians in the form of bumper sticker slogans. But the other thing, Jim, unfortunately, in the world we live in today, a whistleblower actually makes no difference, because a real whistleblower... Used to have to get on mainstream media, on a Fox News, on MSNBC, and then hopefully they're reaching millions of people and that's how things would be uncovered, you know. So you would imagine when these documents circulate around within this industry, both on the public side and the private side. There's got to be folks who read them and go, wait, this is nonsense. This is crazy. This isn't going to work. But that's all the people they have to get on board with this are the ones that were within the industry that they have to implement at the executive level, the management level, the heads of departments that are actually moving this forward in both the public and private sectors in the financial institution because they need to implement a lot of this stuff to actually make it happen, to move us towards... Uh, CBDC and other things that are part of the slave system. Because you would imagine anyone, like let's say just your career had taken you into working inside of Let's say you were working in Citi or you were working in, you know, Goldman Sachs or something, and this type of stuff is coming across your desk. Are you not the type of person who goes, what the hell is this This stuff? Like, or you're making decisions on whether or not your, uh, your fund at Citi is going to invest in green bonds and things. Like, this is the type of stuff you'd be reading, right? Similar to yeah. how you've done it for your own business, for your oil and
1: gas royalties if, business. Well, if you find it see that's the hard thing. I knew where to look. Once I started digging and finding a few documents, then it was easy to find all this stuff, right? But mm. you know that there's a hedge fund manager I, I read you a little piece of his uh his December 22nd newsletter and he's ripping Tesla as a as a the the price or valuation of the company to shreds, right? It's not worth mm. he said 20 bucks a share and it's trading at like 110. And but yet and he's talking about electric vehicles in this letter. Has he read these documents? I doubt it. Hmm. I doubt it. Didn't find it. no one he in his in his on his team has found these documents. But do you, you think? The, I mean, I, I had to physically go to the BIS website to pull up the first couple of documents, and then you start doing you know you you hear about a document in or a report in an article. How many people click the link to to the actual report and and the document? I'm tired of reading somebody's opinion about a document, some journalist's opinion. So I clicked the links. That's how I found all this crap. But do you think
0: the wheels, like, it keeps churning and moving forward because if BIS, um, you know, says it's real... You know, if you're in the finance world or investment world or you're in business, is it real because they say it's real? And I mean, obviously, you're looking for places as a business person or a banker to make money, right? So this industry could be completely fake. I know it's completely fake, but hell, I could make short term or long term. Uh, revenue off this, or or uh, interest off this, because it's real. Because the BIS says it's real. I mean, is that how is that how you think a lot of people in the business game would think if they were looking at this? Even if they oh, realize look, it's I a give, scam,
1: I give them credit. Their marketing has been brilliant. Mm. They have, they have. The marketing has been spot on. It has been brilliant. Right. Look how many. Go back to what we just talked about. You, you're at a dinner party. And you, let's say there's 30 people there, and you say, show of hands, who thinks the, the number of of hurricanes that make landfall in the U.S. has increased over the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years? And who thinks the, the, the strength of those hurricanes has increased? I bet you it's 95% or higher. hmm
0: Yeah. I mean, like, and I'm talking not even just street-level people, but people that are actually
1: working within the system right in one way or another because the media has has done nothing but spew the lie repeatedly for the for how many years now and it's just i mean it's ramped up you know the last few years where they're doing they're talking about it more but it's the same lie they were telling 20 25 years ago yeah it's it's like well
0: exactly like let's say You know, all of a sudden, I mean, and who even cares now? Even you take someone like Tucker Carlson, what's his ratings? Two, three people listen? Two, three million people listen every night? It's even nothing anyway. But like if he came out on TV and he said, look, I talked to this guy, Jim, I looked at some documents. Holy crap. This whole thing is a grift. It was created by the bankers, and the whole purpose is to drive us into a central bank digital currency system. Simple. That's it. You don't have to go through 20,000 pages to understand what this whole system is about. But they need to convince the people that are in the industries to move it forward. The 99% of people that are on the street, they're just engineered into it because they go with whatever the policy or regulation is, whatever the culture is, whatever society deems. By the time it gets down to us and you walk into your bank and they tell you, it does, like most people aren't going to ask questions. They just go with the flow.
1: Well, most people don't re- don't remember anything but recent history. Right, so they 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 don't recent history meaning yesterday, yeah. (laughs) Well, right, right. So they don't keep a log of you know when was the last major 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 hurricane that was bigger than Katrina or bigger than Irma. Uh, You you know, they don't know. I don't even know. I have to go look it up. Right, most people, and they're too busy. They're too busy. They, the, the elites, I say, when I say they p- folks just know I'm talking about Mr. Global, the elites, Rockefellers et al., the banksters. When the banksters want everybody so busy, so in debt that you're not paying attention to any of this crap and you don't have time to go through documents like I have. Right. Exactly.
0: Now, let me ask you just if you were in uh, okay, let's say, you were just investing in all types of stuff right now, okay, like you're putting money all over the place. Obviously, you have the oil and gas royalties, you've you've been involved with that in different ways since 2010. Uh, you believe it's a sound investment because you've done all the research, you know that fossil fuels aren't going away, you're getting a higher rate of return, you know, on average than you would if you had your money just sitting in the stock market. If you wanted to, right, could you go with everything that you've researched here, and go make a ton of money in this uh, climate griff right now through different investments or getting government grants or getting involved. Could, could you do that if you felt like doing that?
1: That's an interesting question. So in Houston, every year, uh, late January, early February, uh, they have a national energy expo, okay? Mm-hmm. They finally... I went. I went in 2022. I'm not going this year. I went in 2022. They had a section for green energy and like potential investments, solar, wind, etc. Right? Okay. For those that don't know, I've been going to this conference uh, since about 2012. There's there's over a thousand exhibitors. It's massive. To walk the floor of exhibitors, it's literally an all-day process, and you can't talk to everybody. It's that big, okay? The green people were stuck in the back corner of the convention center, the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston. And there was, I think there was like 15 or 20 booths, right? 60 to 70% of them, nobody showed up just empty booths with the name of the company there was nobody there okay wow. there was not one wind company even though wind is bigger than solar there wasn't one wind company i mean you the whole part, point of the expo is to you know get your name out there and maybe get investors involved right i mm-hmm. wanted to personally at the i wanted to see What are the economics? Can I invest in a solar farm? And what are the economics if I can, right? To, quote unquote, diversify in case, you know, if they're going to build this crap, yeah, you can make money off it. That's where my head went, right?
0: Right, right. If they say it's real, if the bankers say it's real, it's real as far as can I make money off it. It doesn't have to work. Somebody's going to make money
1: off of it, or, or do what gonna, it claims
0: it's going to do for the planet. But are, are there ways to make money right. off it? If all of a sudden you said, "Hey, I can invest in this for three years and triple my money,"
1: yeah. I'm, hey, look, it's going to exist whether I do it or not. I'll go invest in it. Right. right. Well, if you if you watch the documentary, um, you know about the climate. Some of the documentaries about climate change, you'll realize that a lot of these investments like solyndra and all this other crap these solar panels out in the desert that have mirrors that's going to heat you know magnify the sun power and then collect the energy and stuff they're literally broken glass all over the desert like they're they're destroyed so the people that make money make money on the front end they don't hold forever That's what I was going to say. Is there short term or are are you only allowed
0: to make money on it if you're in the, like if you're a licensed criminal, as Mike Moore would say, you're licensed to commit crime. So can you only make money off these scams like Solyndra if you're friends with a politician, if if you're part of the club, with
1: a banker? Yeah. Yeah. If you're part of the club. Well, that's, that's what I walked away with because of the handful of solar companies that were there, none of them were a smaller scale they were all large scale projects and I call them projects because what they were really looking for is somebody to hand them money to go buy a giant track of land that then they were going to um, build out the facility and sell the power to the power company but they had to get the agreement from the power company so they had to buy the land first then they had to get all the agreements with the power company then they would build the facility. Tons of risk. Yeah, oh yeah. Right? Because if you put your money in, they were literally saying it's five to seven years to get the contracts in place. You get no rate of return for five to seven years. And then maybe if we agree, everybody can agree on the contracts and the economics don't change in those five to seven years, then we can go build the facility and start generating a rate of return. Right. Yeah. Every one of them was like that.
0: No, these were the companies that you saw at the trade show. Yeah. 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 And and so let me ask, let me just ask you this, because do you think, and this is the same in uh, tech startups, the same in podcasting? There's so much stuff that's fake out there, and you see a company succeed or the story of the guy starting this in his garage, and it turns out he's Bill Gates and his dad was really powerful, and he had all these connections to begin with, and he was, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Same with podcasters. You'll see somebody's big you know, Joe Rogan type, then you realize he's elevated. So when you go to these type of things, are there real people, like let's say a true believer like me, I go, listen, man, if I could just buy this land and put a million solar panels, I don't have to believe in it, but I'm going to get rich that has that booth. Or are the people there already part of like the system? Like they know it's a scam and they're trying to put it together. Are these people that actually think they could pull this off independently,
1: privately? oh, I think they could they think they could pull it off but I don't know how how convinced they were of the whole the whole climate change like that they're going to save I the know. world
0: they just thought maybe they could make money off it
1: Yeah maybe 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 I mean it was interesting the other reason I was that was one agenda I had going to this conference the other agenda was I know a lot of banks go to that conference that 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 exhi- and they exhibit right I mm. know they do so I wanted to ask the bankers face-to-face, are you still in, uh, lending to oil and gas?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The answer was yes.
0: Right, because exactly. That was for your own business, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't
1: borrow money, but I just wanted to know. No, and no, no, you wanted to yes. make... Yeah, you didn't want to hear right, the answer. It,
0: no, we cut them off and we're not going to fund any more wells and any more rigs and any more pump jacks. Yeah. You wanted to make sure that wasn't the answer you were going to get.
1: That's right. And not only was the answer yes, these were large to medium-sized commercial banks that most everybody uh, in your audience would would hear would know the name, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not only was the answer yes, it was yes, but we have to keep it quiet. <laughs> well,
0: you saw it in that document you reviewed I think on Monday. Was that the one with Blackrock from Texas with the Texas yeah. State Committee hearings? And I mean, and then yeah. BlackRock was like, I mean, those guys from BlackRock, Vanguard, states—they they were all in there. I can't remember which ones, but they were saying,
1: "It was BlackRock you know, and Vanguard." They were it was they was yeah. in the, uh, they they're being grilled by the Texas some Texas committee, yeah,
0: yeah, Texas uh, like legislature, and they and they yeah. said straight up, like we do business with oil and gas. <laughs> yep, you know. Meanwhile, they're out here on the other hand talking about all this uh, green stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, right. it's interesting. Now, on this it's a, page... It's a hustle. That's why I was asking you, like, could people make... You know, it's like at the beginning of land, the high school theater production. As soon as you start here in Moderna, right? Moderna stock was not super high. And I know friends of mine that bought Moderna stock. You know, it, it pumped, I don't know, a double, triple. They got out right away, but they made some quick cash. And their feeling was, I mean, th- th- these are people that are making money to feed their family they don't really care. Like, like I had said to him, do you feel dirty doing it? They're like, well, I mean, it's a publicly traded stock. I mean, what the hell? I do like, I knew I could make some yeah. money cause they're going to talk it up. It's obviously going to go up. That was a the point. They said, how many other politicians and people do you know behind the scenes got rich off it? They said, for all, you know, Trump's probably getting rich off it. I said, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I was asking if there's knowing the grift, is there real, is there money that you could make inside this? To enrich, like I figure, if you're making money inside the grift, then using that money to go buy your homestead and escape the system, more power to you. But that's why I was asking: is it or is it a lot more complex than that? You can't really make money unless you're part of the club.
1: I haven't figured it out. Now, I, now I haven't spent you know a whole bunch of time. Once I realized that uh, it's just a grift and a hustle, and oil and gas is going nowhere, I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah.
0: And then, well, like you said, then it becomes risky because are you going to try to make some quick cash and end up getting stuck in some rug pull? You know, that's the other problem. Right. Cause the, the quick cash if, that they if you don't may know what be, you're
1: doing. You're the patsy.
0: Well, I was going to say the quick cash that those guys are making are when they get you and they go, listen, man, well, this is all a scheme. Nobody cares about the million solar panel arrays we're going to put out in this field, but just Come give us a hundred grand, Jim. In. Get in. <laughs> the next thing you know, it's over. You're the guy who got your money stolen. Yep. Yeah. yeah Yeah. exactly all right so now this was the next part planet earth is facing a climate emergency
1: yeah and so they go on and spew the same crap from the ipcc scientists have a moral obligation to clearly warn humanity of any catastrophic threat and to quote tell it like it is end quote on the basis of this obligation we declare with more than eleven thousand scientist signatories from around the world, clearly and unequivocally that planet Earth is facing a climate emergency. Go ahead, and read the uh read the comment there. It says, uh
0: trust the science. The science is settled. No debates, no questioning us. And that's Jim's uh comment there, folks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, trust the science. Climate it's change always... poses an unprecedented challenges to governance and global uh, socio and economic financial systems. Again, it just climate change is going to blow up the financial system. Yet, global emissions have kept rising since uh, since then, and this is from the Paris Agreement. And nothing indicates that this trend is revert reverting. Countries already planned production of coal, oil, and gas is inconsistent with limiting the warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius or 2 degrees Celsius, thus creating a production gap and discrepancy between government plans and coherent, coherent decarbonization pathways. What's my comment on that one? You're not listening to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The BIS is not happy. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. Let me ask you again. Just to clarify with folks, do you think they're truly not happy because they're not ramping up the grift enough? They're not creating enough of an illusion. Or do you think this is what you've mentioned before, all a setup to later say, That's it, you guys failed, you didn't work fast enough, we're gonna move you into a carbon based uh, carbon credit it's, based? It's system.
1: both. It's both, right? Like if if they can get the policymakers, the the politicians that we supposedly elect to to you know to represent the public, not the banksters, if they could get them to hurry up and implement all this crap for them, great. They'll roll out the carbon credit and CBDC system, you know, when when they're ready. Mm-hmm. But if they fail, absolutely, I'm convinced they're going to point the finger at us. It's our fault. We didn't do, we didn't do enough. We didn't hurry up and uh and what's wrong with us now they have to do it and you'll see it in some of these documents they will literally say that we have to force it on people if they don't hurry up
0: yeah i think you had that quote from uh the article we keep referencing from monday there was actually larry fink head of blackrock who said that they forced this stuff that <laughs> he actually used the word force he's like we will force these companies into uh yes. green and esg and all this we will force them so- Yes, he did.
1: I right, keep scrolling.
0: All right, this is carbon pricing and beyond.
1: Uh, Let's see here. Um, se- se- climate change is not merely another market failure, but presumably the greatest market failure the world has ever seen. That's one economist's hmm. opinion, folks. Not <laughs> eleven thousand one. Given the size of the climate ahead, a challenge ahead, carbon prices may need to skyrocket in the very short time span towards which higher levels, the much higher levels than currently prevail. So, okay, here's, look, I think we talked about this with Catherine and Fitz and the Dylan Reed story uh, back in the 80s and 90s when there, the CIA was running drugs into, into the cities and then they, uh they they took the federal prison system private into public into private companies then IPO right. them made them public companies on the stock exchange and all the politicians that including the current resident of the White House who who was all over the 1994 omnibus bill mm-hmm. uh, I think not omnibus uh, uh um, prison bill anyways um they all got shares in these companies before they went public. Okay. same system here. Every politician and policymaker, because sometimes they're not elected officials, right? Like the head of, you know, call it the EPA, right? I mean, they're going to get shares, too. Like Fauci would get shares, too. They're all getting shares in some of these companies. They're all getting carbon credits. Al Gore owns a ton of carbon credits because he's the salespeople for the IPCC of the UN. They're giving these things. They don't buy them with their own money. They're giving it to them. So, mm-hmm. how do they make money? They got to cause the price of the shares of these companies, like these natural asset companies, they're all going to get shares of, right? They got to drive the price of those stocks up. They got to drive the price of the carbon credits that were freely handed out because they're created out of thin air, anyways, up. And more importantly, if you're a dry cleaning shop and you emit CO2, you have to buy carbon credits to offset the CO2 you emit, correct? under their yeah. system okay yeah, you're, buy- you're buying from you the criminals stop. that created it yeah that's right it doesn't mean you have to stop or reduce the co2 you're actually emitting you just have to buy carbon credits to offset it that's the quote-unquote net zero right that's the scam
0: yeah there's well, no difference between they- tony soprano selling uh protection like you have to buy right. protection from us so that your laundromat doesn't get burned down in the middle of the night
1: by us like that's all it is
0: you're selling them carbon protection
1: right and so what happens then is the price of the carbon protection goes up and up and up until they go out of business
0: yeah they go out of business and and they're just extorting them it's just another form of attacks meanwhile these guys hijacked by this time, they have hijacked all the trees, all the plants, all the oceans. And then they tell you that the carbon credit you're buying from them, right, so that you could run your machine, uh, whatever it is you make widgets, this carbon credit you're buying from them is because they control the offset, which is the tree and the ocean, <laughs> of which they stole from somebody else. <laughs> it's, so it's a great. massive grift. It's a massive grift. It is freaking brilliant, man. I mean, it really is brilliant. It's, it's disgusting, but it's brilliant. Yeah. They're going to steal the, the rainforest thing. and then tell you we can sell you carbon credits for your bagel shop because we we control a thousand acres down in a rainforest somewhere.
1: That's so great. Well, the weird uh, thing is they create these carbon credits out of thin air anyways. So the only reason they're they're like stealing the rainforest is to quote unquote legitimize the carbon credit they created out of thin air. Well,
0: exactly. I mean, it's it's a it's similar to the idea of uh, going back to like the gold standard, right? So they supposedly have the gold sitting inside of Fort Knox, which allows them to print pieces of paper that are supposed to be tied to the value of the gold that no one, even including elected officials, were allowed to actually see. So this one is, we control a forest now, and our monetary system, whether it be an energy certificate or a carbon credit or a CBDC, is tied to this forest that we control, and because the forest now is not being uh, farmed, it's not being logged, uh, the ocean is not being fished, we can claim that that's our offset to uh, your dirty little business where you're making widgets or washing laundry or whatever I mean it's it's, it's worse than that.
1: It's worse than that. They create the carbon credit first, literally out of thin air. Then as you say they own this forest and they don't they don't harvest it so they're they're saying that the carbon is sequestered. Well they also calculate how much carbon those trees are sequestering. Who gets to check them? No one. Oh, it'll the inter- us. The, the don't internet. question us. The science
0: is settled. Don't even yeah. think about it. Yeah, don't worry. It'll be the International United Nations Tree Committee that goes in there and counts the carbon. And then, guys. If you don't think for two seconds that once these people steal the oceans and steal the land that they won't be doing even more horrible stuff <laughs> than the, what's already being done, you don't really think that Al Gore is going to let some giant forest that he controls just sit there. He's going to make money off selling the carbon credits at the same time they'll be uh, starting to build luxury uh uh, getaways there or something it's just it, or they're stealing them because they know there's some natural resources below the earth they're going to start drilling for that they want to get a hold yeah. of i mean
1: it's folks this stuff is so stupid when they actually when it actually comes to fruition okay and people go well, wait a minute this is this is bullshit or this is stupid let me give you a, a few real examples right and, and i think we talked about this but it, you know some people may not have gone back and listened to the other shows so one of the first triggers for me was was on um, what was going on was what happened to the Canadian tr- truckers, okay? This is before I ever went on Mike's for the first hot where I did with Mike. It all started to click for me, okay? The puzzle pieces snapped into place. One of the puzzle pieces was the truckers, uh, anybody that donated to the truckers, whoever the Canadian vice president number two person is, she came out and she said, if you donated even $25 to these truckers. We're going to freeze your bank account. She says this, national TV in Canada, okay? Literally, a week later, Trudeau, the president, prime minister, whatever you call him, uh, the the head of uh, the ca- Canadian po- politics, he comes out and says, well, we have other ways to actually crack down on these people that contributed or donated to the truckers, other than freezing their bank accounts. So we're going to unfreeze all the bank accounts. And they literally did freeze some bank accounts, folks. <sighs> and I know in that week, before, from the date she said they're going to freeze the bank accounts to the date he said they're, they're going to unfreeze and not do it that way, in that week, that interim week, the two largest commercial banks in Canada, the Royal Bank of Canada being one of them, their internets went down. Like, you could not log in. They went down. They crashed. Their their websites crashed. Why? There was a run on the banks. They don't have mm-hmm. the money. There was a run on the banks. Okay, that's Exhibit A. Exhibit B, Ireland. Ireland came out and said, "We're going to close one third of the entire country's bank branches, and eighty percent of that one third is in rural areas." Not cities where they want you to live and can control you, right? But in rural areas. Literally, three days later, the the head of the banking system in Ireland came out and said, whoa, we made a massive mistake. We're not going to do that. There was a bank run. They don't have the money. There was a bank run. That's Exhibit B, puzzle piece number two, right? Yeah. You start to see when these crazy crap comes out, there people are like what wait a minute no and these politicians backpedal look at we're going to get into this later on on another show but look what happened this week just a couple days ago you and marie and i were sharing around the 15 minute city crap right Mm -hmm. oxford england actually passed this their city council passed it what is the walkable city folks they're taking the city of oxford And they're carving it up into like six or seven zones. Kind of like the Hunger Games. If you didn't see the movie, go see the movie. Kind of like the Hunger Games. You have everything you need is in your zone. All your food, all your water, all your other supplies. Everything you need is in your zone. And you can get to everything within 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to leave your zone. As the one lady explained in a two minute video, if your parents live in another zone on the other side of the city, you have to get permission from the city to go across town to visit your parents or you are fined money. This is not some conspiracy theory. They actually passed this crap. Mm -hmm. Well, how long did it take? Did you go and look up? on? Did you go do a Google search after you and I and Maria discussed this a few days ago? Did you go do a Google search? Guess uh, what? Oh, they're already backtracking. It's only been like two days. <laughs> I think they implemented this on Monday and they were backtracking on Wednesday. Literally. There's an article that uh, came out. I got it up. It says joint statement from the oxfordshire council uh, county council and the oxford city Ca- council on oxford traffic filters they're only creating these zones for traffic filters that's why <laughs> right that's what Google Maps is for. All right. That was
0: actually created by NQTel, the CIA's venture capital firm. That's what Google Maps is. That's what deals with traffic. Like you put on your GPS on your phone, it's Google Maps. It's all run in cooperation yeah. with the government. That's not to get you and me from A to Z. That's to control all the traffic patterns. So they don't need to create right. zones. And and as I pointed out to you, because I started doing research pretty quickly in Utah, they took this six hundred acre piece of land that used to be a prison and they're actually building this a 15 minute city like test pilot there so they're literally moving people from a walled in prison to a free range prison that's basically what it's <laughs> going to be you're a free range prisoner uh, the other thing that you brought up was the bank run and that was a running theme in all of the panel discussions we reviewed here from IMF, WEF, and uh, BIS, including Francois, the guy we just read a statement from, he keeps talking about it. We have to be very careful. We don't want to run on the banks. This is why I was telling people we're in this, when, no matter how you want to look at it, we're in this bridge period right now. This moving from the third industrial era to the fourth industrial era. You know, Klaus Schwab and that group would call it the fourth industrial revolution. You see that littered on tons of corporate websites, fourth industrial revolution. They adopted that literally in 2016 when his, his book came out, Klaus Schwab's book. Yeah. But they're in this bridge period. This is what Peter Thiel's talking about, moving us from one economy to the new economy, the old economy to the new economy. But they're, It's not why. policy came straight from the bank of international yeah but this is why i'm saying they're weak during this period right now because it's hard to it's like transitioning us from an old legacy operating system to a new operating system and they're open for hack and cyber attacks right now because they have to keep the current fiat currency system propped up until they can transition it seamlessly Or somewhat seamlessly to CBDC. Because if there's a bank run, uh, listen, I brought up before on the show, my great-grandfather, he grew up during the Great Depression. He ran a speakeasy. Okay, this guy died in 1992. He never had a bank account since the Great Depression. He did not have a social security number, never went and got one, and never paid income tax in his entire life. I call him the last free man on earth, at least the last free man that I knew of. When he died, he had $10,000 cash in his pocket, about $50,000 in his little wooden chest, a, a pile of paper stock certificates, owned his house, owned his truck. It's like those guys... Are the mentality that we have to become where you this is called this is what exiting the system is. See, he was smart enough to never go into the system after the uh, Great Depression, after all his money he had in the bank disappeared. He said, That's it. I'm never entering your system. That was the very beginning of technocracy, handing out social security numbers to people. And he said, What you know, I don't need government promised uh, pension fund here. I'm not going to have you steal my money from me. Of course, he was able to operate in cash his whole life, but um, right. But that's what's interesting about this. Like you said, those are when we see pushback. And they're able to measure the pushback because they're analyzing and tracking everything. Social media, your phone, everything else. And like you keep saying, the one thing that they actually do fear... And we're talking about the political puppets who are the salesmen. We're talking about, you know, bankers that end up on panel discussions that are all over YouTube like Bo Lee and others. I mean, these are public figures. People could figure out where they live. These guys, even though they're taking directions from, say, some Rockefeller committee behind the scenes, they're the ones at the end of the day that go, hold on, hold on. All right, th- what if they come burn my castle down? I don't want these peasants showing up at <laughs> my front door harassing my children. Exactly. And that and exactly. that's what goes to show people they are still flesh and blood because if they weren't, they wouldn't if they were reptilian lizard people, they wouldn't have to go through all this. They would just come right. out and con- conquer us all. They wouldn't have to do this like the uh, frog in the boiling water. They would just come out and do it. They wouldn't have to go through all the generational, you know, uh, right. introduction of all these things.
1: And so, folks, don't don't get don't you get your hopes up that that's a one off in Oxford, England. That that 15 minute city comes from the UN and the World Economic Forum, and oh, it's here too. There's an article, a study, actually. In August of 2021, that ranks U.S. cities by the 15-minute city potential. Who? What city, take a wild guess, came in first place? I forgot. I, yeah, my, I looked at the article and I forgot which one it was. Because yeah. I was also, so also going to start Miami, cross-referencing Pittsburgh, this. Yeah, they got Miami, Pittsburgh, Long Beach, California, San Francisco, Oakland, Minneapolis, Cincinnati, Washington, D.C., Boston, Baltimore, Uh, Those are the ones they've got highlighted. Then they also have Buffalo, Seattle, Chicago, Cleveland, Orlando, Philadelphia, Denver, Portland, Glendale, Arizona, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee, Chandler, Anaheim, Chandler, Arizona, Anaheim, Sacramento, and Lexington, Kentucky. And they go on to say that the two hundred to 400,000 person city is ideal because then they don't have to carve it up like Oxford. It's just the right size anyways.
0: Yeah, and essentially the 15-minute city is like what we've covered here. They're smart cities. okay. And the thing is, once they have CBDC into place, which they can test pilot in any of these 15-minute cities, they can just force people into it using the local government, then they can actually manage it. Because you say to yourself in the Oxford one, the idea was if you wanted to travel – uh, outside of your 15-minute zone like you had to go to work, which will all be resolved when yeah. everyone works remotely and you work out of your house inside the metaverse. That That's what takes care no, of They that.
1: say, yeah, your job will be within that 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, you have to get on this public transportation if you have to travel outside. But to cross over into each of the districts, this is like some Nazi Germany stuff. To get into each of the other districts, like you said, you have to apply for a permit with the government. You can get fined if you get caught. But with CBDC... It's all very easy, folks, because the way they make it work, especially when it's connected to your digital ID, if there's public transportation, you can't cross over into the next zone. If your money doesn't work in the next zone, you can't go spend it in the next zone. I mean, this is how they start to control everyone. Now,
1: for me and you... Now, before CBDC, they can still control you because if you have your phone on you or you're driving an electric car because they don't sell combustion engine cars anymore... They can track you from zone to zone. You would literally have to walk without your phone.
0: Yeah, if you have an electric car, especially one that obviously every car now has computers built into them, you could literally be driving, like let's say you're in New York City and you're going from Manhattan trying to go over the bridge into the Bronx, your car yeah. literally could say, you are entering eh, within a eh, half mile eh, of uh, the Bronx, <laughs> red turn, light your ve- turn, turn your vehicle around or it will shut off. Red I alert, mean, they, red alert, they, red alert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could literally do this, you're, you're literally, go, it's yeah. like being in a prison cell and they're moving people into the different
1: conspiracy theory stuff this is they actually tell you this well
0: i mean and just think about it think about it on a larger scale if you want to think it's a conspiracy theory let's say you're someone who lives in another country and you want to come here and visit your relative in the united states well in the united states you still can't get in unless you have a COVID vaccine certificate. So there you go. You can't leave that district and come to another district. That's, it's, it's actually in practice today, unless you do certain things. And this is how it'll work in a system like that. You might be able to get into the next zone, but you're going to have to give up seven CBDC carbon credit tokens to be able to enter that other zone. Uh, and then it may say you cannot buy anything inside that other zone. I mean, this is, they're doing this in, uh, dubai they're doing this stuff in uh several other places i mean these like smart cities that they're building that's the whole purpose mm-hmm. i mean what do you think well do you think they're building this because they love you and they want to, ma- want to make your life more streamlined and efficient no of course not
1: well it, the marketing marketing again is brilliant it's smart nobody wants to be dumb <laughs> i used to have a meme
0: that i made it said smart cities for stupid people <laughs> <laughs> i swear i mean t-shirt. yeah the i will eventually when we get bigger i'll have some uh merchandise but no the I mean, the, th- the the big one, though, is Utah is just the greatest because they're taking an old prison complex and building it into a 15-minute city. Meanwhile, you know, Bill Gates has been building out a uh, test smart city for many years. And the other thing is I started doing research based on our text messaging back and forth into the overlay or the overlap of opportunity zones which existed before trump but they grew under trump under dr ben carson through hud and jared kushner on the outside and some of his brother and others are invested in the opportunity zones they were using all kinds of tricks and scams to drive people out of properties and take them over you i guarantee if somebody goes and does an overlay of these 15-minute cities with the opportunity zones you're going to find it again giant grift man like a giant grift somebody's yes. gonna make the money on it
1: yep it's either that or it's gonna be the uh amazon warehouses are going up in the uh in the opportunity zones uh as well as these uh vertical farming massive they're like warehouse massive warehouses but vertical farming uh plants
0: yeah i mean elon I, musk again i haven't a- done
1: the homework but I I would be willing to bet a lot of them are in opportunity zones.
0: Yeah, and Elon Musk's brother has been growing uh, fake vegetables inside of freight containers for years. I mean, when I was over in Poland, they said, oh, no, there's no Amazon here. I was actually kind of, I said, wow, that's cool, you know. And what happened? We were driving out to my wife's uncle's farm out in the middle of nowhere, and I see this huge, giant building, and I said, what the hell is that? Like, in the middle of a giant farm field like it didn't fit it looked yeah. like something like a spaceship landed and i we drive around the fencing and it says amazon coming soon <laughs> and i said there you go they're here they have arrived <laughs> it's yep. crazy all right so uh we got about 15 minutes left you want to uh, do a few more pieces out of this document
1: yeah see if we can can't well see how far we get on this document so Um, What they're talking about here is the the, given the institutional, societal, uh, socio-technical inertia, (laughs) meaning people aren't doing what they're supposed to do, as we tell them, higher carbon prices alone may not suffice to drive individual behaviors. Social engineering, right there in the BIS's own words.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: And firms' replacement of physical capital towards low-carbon alternatives. For example, proactive fiscal policy may be essential for maybe an essential first step to build adequate infrastructure like railroads before carbon pricing can really lead to agents lead agents to modify their behavior by switching from car to train <laughs> sell your car public transportation going further the fight against climate change is taking place at the same time when the post-world War II Global institutional framework is un under growing criticism, this means that the unprecedented level of international coordination required to address the difficult political economy of climate change is seriously compromised. Yeah, it says we cannot have that on your notes. Then this, this is great because... In
0: the 15-minute city stuff you were just talking about, that was one of the things mentioned in there. We're going to move all to basically trains, and then you get off the train, and you could rent an EV car from the government, and then that'll drive you out to where you can pick up a scooter, like a solar-powered scooter. Like,
1: seriously, this is what they have planned for you. This sentence says it all. Therefore, to guarantee a successful low-carbon transition, new technologies... (laughs) CBDC, carbon credits, new institutional arrangements, carbon credit system, and new cultural frameworks should emerge towards a comprehensive reshaping of current productive structures and consumption patterns. Mm -hmm. Force everybody into technocracy. That's exactly what the BIS is telling you.
0: Systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. That's the consumption side. It's just communism
1: overlaid with technology is really what it is. Yep. December 2017, the Central Banks and Supervisors Network for Greening the Financial System was created by a group of central banks and supervisors willing to contribute to the development of environmental and climate risk management in the financial sector. 2017, folks and to mobilize mainstream finance to support this transition towards a sustainable economy. The NGFS quickly acknowledged that climate-related risks are a source of financial risk. Now, let me ask you a question. If the climate change was real, and there was a real threat to not only one country, but all the countries in the world, Why is the the alarm bells coming from the central banks?
0: I know. Does that make any sense? No, it's actually beautiful.
1: It's not coming from the politicians. It's not coming from the health department. It's not coming from the weather service. It's coming from the banks. Yeah, and, and
0: as you said, if you do your own uh, research, you'll find that all the people you just mentioned—any of the weather folks, the so-called scientists, the politicians—in the end, all their talking points are actually coming from the banks. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was it you that said. Um, like all these scientists and all this stuff is all being funded by the central banks to begin with. At this
1: point, yeah. So John, one of John Titus's uh, videos that he did, he I think it might have been in all the plenary's Men. I'm not sure. Maybe it might have been one of the COVID ones he did. Um, he he talked about Chris Whalen, who used to work for the Fed, the New York Fed, and in an interview, Chris Whalen said to the interviewer you know who controls all the scientific studies in this country, right? And the person said, no. He goes, the Federal Reserve. And I went and looked it up, and it says it. Now, I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure they control the scientific research money. I think that's the NIH and Fauci. But every other, so all these climate uh, climate-related studies, the banking studies, all of that is controlled by the Federal Reserve. So the answers coming out of any of these studies are going to be in line with the BIS and the Federal Reserve narrative. Exactly. That's what I said to somebody recently on
0: on Facebook. I said, you you look at the science. It's all funded by either the government, uh, the universities that are getting grants from the government corporations that are generally working in cooperation with the government if not under contracts from the government so do you trust the government no then how could you trust the so-called science of anything at this point because it's always going to fit the narrative that goes along with whatever the government's trying to sell you and as you said now the government is completely controlled by the bank so it's all it's all it's all run by the bankers i mean come on folks it's so obvious yeah.
1: The banksters, the banksters, the economic terrorists. So, in the worst case scenario, central banks may have to confront a situation where they are called upon by their local constituencies to intervene as climate rescuers. Again, bank bankers know squat about science. Why are they the climate rescuers? I, it makes no sense. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Goldman Sachs to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a flood send call Goldman Sachs <laughs> anyways for example new financial crises caused by Green Swan events severely affecting the financial health of the banking and insurance sectors could force central banks to intervene and buy a large set of carbon intensive assets and or assets stricken by physical in- uh, impacts will bail out the banks okay while banks in financial distress, in an ordinary crisis, can be resolved. This is far more difficult in the case of economies that are no longer viable. Economies are no longer viable because of climate change.
0: You know what we need, Jim? Uh, As I get bigger uh i I used to be on a podcast we had a really good following and a lot of there was a lot of younger people and so we'd put out a challenge to create a meme or a drawing or something and people used to do some cool stuff we need the nfts like trump's doing with the trading card hero cards like the maga cards but we need ones of jamie diamond of uh larry fink like all these big gangsters. in in uh, i want them in captain planet suits where they're like the, the climate change saviors it's like by day he's a hedge fund manager <laughs> by night he's saving the planet like that's, <laughs> that's what we need to like a whole set of these cards would be fantastic all the different bankers yeah. the central bankers all the governors of the central banks <laughs>
1: Carson's gonna eat up all the
0: cows. <laughs> oh yeah! that Oh, that would be hilarious. And like, and a superhero name for each one of them. But like, like that yeah. would be fantastic. Because yeah, I don't. So this th- bis continues here.
1: So I'm gonna I want to finish that one little part.
0: I just want to ask you: Have you seen? Because you pay attention to more of this stuff uh than I do with Catherine and everyone. Have you seen a lot of people out there connecting? Like what you just said that the bankers are the ones are claiming to be the saviors of the planet. Okay,
1: cool. All right, yeah. that's good. We got to run with this. Intervening as climate rescuers of last resort could therefore affect central banks credibility and crudely expose the limited sustainability between financial and natural capital. <laughs> 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 Given the severity of these risks, the uncertainty involved, and the awareness hmm. of the interventions of central banks following the 0708 8 Great Financial Crisis, the socio-political pressure is already mounting to make central banks, perhaps again, the only game in town, and to substitute for other, if not all, government interventions, this time to fight climate change. <laughs> for instance... It has been suggested that central banks could engage, could engage in green quantitative easing in order to solve the complex socio-economic problems related to a low-carbon transition. <laughs> this is so great, man! This
0: is like reading the rules of the, like the new Monopoly game or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they they literally write this. Following the old adage, "that which is measured can be managed." What's that sound like?
0: That which is yeah, that which is measured can be managed. Yeah. A managed plan society.
1: Yeah. So we'll scroll back up. Let me read the rest of that real quick. Can be managed. The obvious task in terms of financial regulation and supervision is therefore to ensure that climate-related risks become integrated into financial stability monitoring and prudent supervision. However, such a task presents a significant challenge. Traditional approaches to risk management consisting of extrapolating historical data based on assumptions of normal distributions are largely irrelevant. To assess future related climate risks. In other words, don't look backwards at the scientific data because it's false. Going forward, it's going to be much worse. Trust us. (laughs) This is great. I mean, it's just bullshit, for lack of a better term.
0: I know. It's crazy. (sighs) Yeah, it's crazy.
1: All uh, right, what do you are want we, to do uh... uh this is just this this is basically finishing the summary it's getting ready to get into all these chapters so um mm. are we in chapter 1 i can't remember who uh no, it, oh yeah yeah well, that's finishing chapter 1 yeah 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 okay, okay. That, that we're we're good we can stop here okay so we'll we'll pick off uh <laughs>
0: yeah, folks. <laughs> well, well, hold on. Let me. I, I just want to show everybody. Series. I want to show everybody this stuff quick because this is. So you have that one where this is the Green Swan. Yeah. and then I mean, Jim's got everything here. So these are all out of uh, Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub, which uh, you guys know that Lady uh, Cecilia Skingsley is in charge, like of the technology there. You saw uh, there was a panel yeah. we reviewed this woman knows nothing about technology it's like taking the plumber from the the like the plumber who works for the board of ed in your town or goes between all the different schools and then somehow he gets elevated to being in charge of like the school's security and like it makes no sense all right these are like political appointees but this
1: one another like we just said why are bankers involved with anything climate related this should be scientists (laughs) Well, I I could see if all of a sudden there was a
0: collection of the scientists who got together on the world stage and they said to the banks you're the only ones that can actually stop this. We're demanding that you pressure the companies through the right. money you loan them to stop this. And so the scientists would really be in charge of it, uh, forcing the bankers to do it. But now it's the bankers who are the climate you know, saviors. I mean, guys, and this is like a vision for technology-driven green finance. These are all these huge white papers. Prototype for green bond tokenization by digital asset, GFT. You got a prototype for two-tier central bank bank digital currency you've got uh connecting economies through cbdc this is Embridge. uh we flipped through this but i mean there's i mean this is
1: just the tip of the iceberg there's only uh some of the documents from the first email i sent you i sent you like five emails full of documents
0: yeah oh yeah no i've got uh let me just show i'm just going to show this real quick because and this this just goes to show you how much stuff is there and like this is as much as Jim is able. like. These are just all the folders from um, <laughs> the last batch that you had sent because you had about 50 documents from the first two shows. Now, as far as I know, uh, I had written back and forth with the Young Bucks, so you guys know, over at uh, Payne.tv slash gold the other day. I haven't checked But they were getting all the videos up, and then what they had me do, because they said, that's too many documents for us to put them all in individually. So I created a, um, oh, great, I just blanked out Jim over there. They created a, uh, I created a Google Drive folder with all this stuff in there broken down by the pdfs and i think like the jpegs and pngs that have the charts and stuff and they said okay we'll include a include a link so it should have a link to all this and i set it public so you guys could download everything if you want to download it uh, and have a copy of it i will tell folks what i've been starting to do is i make several i have several um Uh, external hard drives and so i download i usually make three or four copies of my videos my audio my graphics my website files any of this type of stuff so it's redundant that way every like couple months i cycle one hard drive out i put it back in the box and i store it now what glenn beck used to do and what Alex Jones used to do when he was selling bone broth. Now he actually used to print the articles and he supposedly had storage lockers full of printed articles. So when they scrubbed the internet, he could go back and find them. Now myself personally, I'm not going that crazy with it because 27 years from now, I don't see myself having to pull up a bank for international settlements, green swan (laughs) document. So I could say to people, you see, we knew this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you want to store those on your computer, it's good to have them. Uh, and then what I'm going to be doing. Or a thumb drive. Yeah, a thumb drive. I don't know drive. if they'll all fit on a thumb drive. You might need two. That's the thing. I mean, you can still find the uh, the thumb drives. I, most computers, I don't even think, have CV, CD or DVD burners in them anymore, which is unfair. No, U
1: UBS thumb drives. Oh, yeah, no, UBS no, I'm saying. thumb drives.
0: Yeah, yeah, those, yeah. yeah. I mean, but the old days, you could just burn everything on CDs and store them pretty easy because they were flat. But one of the other things I'm going to be doing too is uh, moving forward with this platform, I'm going to be developing... I've talked to the audience about it, and I'm, I mean, it's all up to Mike what he decides to do with pain.tv slash gold because he's changing some things around, and maybe I won't be putting the videos there in the next couple months. Who, who knows? But I'm building something as a backup anyway. And then on mine, I'm actually having a – well, you'll be able to download all the, the video and audio too. So if you're a premium member, you could download those and store them on your computer. They take up a lot of space. That's why – on mike's site even the Excel the files drive. are reduced down yeah and then that way you guys have it if you want to build a library i figure if you pay for premium subscription uh, you should be able to download those and keep them on your computer if you want them so that's what we're going to be doing yeah. um that's a lot of stuff obviously this goes on uh, forever and ever but i mean if you're trying <laughs> to stay ahead of the curve and understand what's actually coming and, and i think jim what would you see the sort of the pushback or when they do like a push pull in the oxford case so they push it out and then they kind of take two steps back do you think that's because they actually do fear if they push too hard the people will rise up so they immediately come out and say never mind never mind we're not doing that right now
1: i i do you pointed out in technocracy technocracy they're the technocrats plan to take over the world without one vote and without one shot, they've got the one vote down because they have all the politicians in every country in their back pocket. They've bribed them, right? They're all compromised. Now, politicians do get changed out periodically. So that constantly changes, right? The pool of actual human beings changes. So they got to manage that. But they're tap dancing to avoid this without one shot. They don't want the pitchforks coming out. They don't want the Sri Lanka style where, literally, I saw videos in Sri Lanka of people pushing politicians' cars into the river. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Mike talked about he saw uh, some po- some politician running down the street. He was being chased by an angry mob carrying, like, pots. They were going to hit him upside the head with a pot <laughs> or a pan. They don't want that. Yeah, They absolutely fear that, like like no tomorrow that cuz that just that ruins everything so yeah. they they roll this stuff out they do analyze what's the pushback and then they might take a few steps back or go underground or go quiet i'm yeah. personally i'm watching what happens in nigeria i think nigeria is is the 2022 23 version of 2008 2009 cyprus yeah it's a test case what's going to happen they forced the CBDC. They very limited the cash. Now, is it is it translatable to Western economies? No, because in Nigeria, only 20% of the people are banked anyways. They, mm-hmm. 20% have a bank account. 80% don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Nigeria over the next 6 to 12 months.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's the same thing like with COVID land the high school theater production. They they pushed it out far enough. Uh, they got all the people that were going to cave who were who were said to like you're gonna get fired from your job if you don't get jabbed. They got those people to Cave. But then as you right. see and this is why I think they utilize, like, look, everything is controlled, the courts. And that's why all of a sudden they use the courts and they go, oh, wait, we're not allowed to mandate. Then they roll it back because they know the holdouts, like the real holdouts, if there's, I don't know, 20%, 30%, or 50%, whatever it may be, uh, they have to pull that back. Uh, otherwise, those holdouts are the people that may. Go out and start burning things down, or, and, right. and it's not just them getting chased with pots and pans like the elites. They don't want to have to actually turn guns on us because that destroys no. their plan, too. As soon as you do it by a system of force, right? For years, people have been talking about them bringing the UN uh, military in here and then they're going to uh, corral us nah, into FEMA camps and the old Walmart parking lots. And As soon as they. That's the last uh, thing they want. As soon as they roll out concentration camps, folks, you know what they could do if they're going to do that? All of them fly out of the country on Wednesday and they just nuke us. And then they go, okay, we're not coming back for 21 years. I mean, what, that's what they would do if they really just wanted to get rid of everyone overnight. They, this This whole thing where they're going to roll in the military to corral us into concentration camps. If you're a pain in the ass and they don't like you. First, what they're going to do is they're going to shut off your ability to make money, turn off the internet and electricity at your house, and that's it. You're pretty much done. You're not a problem anymore. So why do they need to send the military in? As soon as they do that, the game is up. And what do you think? They're going to use the military to force you to start using CBDC? As soon as you do that, then real black markets start. Then people do start organizing. Why? Because people like... Uh, you know me, Jim, Mike, Maria, Legal Man. You start going, "Hey, dude, we got nothing to lose at this point. Like they're going to corral us into a concentration camp. Let's go burn people's houses down. That's what you say when you have nothing left. So they don't want you right. in that position. They always want you to believe the grass will be greener on the other side, or if I just comply with this, it'll be okay. And then they'll get people by doing stimulus type stuff, UBI, Universal Basic Income. They'll say to, they'll try to say to someone like Jim. Him and me, hey, listen, if you take the CBDC, you're going to get a thousand extra tokens every week. Uh, we're going to give you free uh, donuts at the Dunkin' Donuts. That's how they first try to do it with all the carrots. The stick, once they have 90% corralled in, the stick for the other 10% is we're going to turn off your wallet and you won't be able to spend money. That's how they do it in the end, but they're not going to take out guns and everything. I,
1: I just, I've never believed that. Oh
0: going back five
1: to I'm ten years and, and, and I, that's why i think they have to slow play this i mean i hear people talking about oh they're gonna they're gonna go to the cbd system in 2024 or 2023 or 2025 i'm like it's too fast it's too fast it's the equivalent of rolling in the nato or un army mm-hmm. no and i think you're right
0: about the cbdc in 2023 or 2024, you may see them start to introduce it to certain sectors, like social security, disability. Well, well, no, I'm saying money will still be in, like, cash yeah. and coins will still be in circulation. But they're right. going to chip away at it slowly over a 10-year, 15-year period. And like you said, once they have... 80 90 percent of people transacting with it at least five ten percent of the time, it's easy to close, Then it's easier to then say, Hey, we might as well pass a law and make this legal tender. But if they try to do it tomorrow, that's when, like, like, listen, I'll just say, my father, for instance, he's a Fox News conservative, I've been telling him about this. Finally, Tucker Carlson, I think, mentioned it, or Glenn Beck, or something, so it's real. But like my father said, if they try to force me with my Social Security into CBDC, I will start going into stores with my gun and robbing them right there on the spot. I will I will put a gun to the head walk out with my groceries. So I said,
1: okay, you're there's not going to do there's it. There's your test right there. They yeah. cannot implement this overnight or fast. It's got to be over a generation.
0: Yeah. He said, if I pull up to a gas station and they say my wallet, my CBDC wallet doesn't work. I'm literally going to walk up to the guy with a gun. I'm going to tell yeah. him to fill my ca- gas tank right now. And I said, okay, so that's just, that's my father. Now, Fox News, conservative old dudes. There's millions of those boomer old dudes out there that
1: are, that are thinking like that. Those are those. That's on the, the flip furthest. side. On the flip side, Willie G, your son. By the time he's old enough to have a bank account, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years old, if the only bank accounts that exist are CBDC, he's not going to know any different. Exactly. That's what I always say. The younger, the next
0: generation, if they grow up in the system, you know, like you'll never get me to put a virtual reality headset on. But if you have a kid whose parents send them to public school and they don't know any better, that kid, if he grows up in kindergarten, putting a VR headset on to do his ABCs, He's not gonna know. completely yep. normal to him. That's the world. He, and then he yep. looks at you and goes, hey, old man, you've never wore a VR headset before. I mean, that's that's what happens. So yep. they engineer that's them they in from, from the beginning of time. All right, ladies yep. and gentlemen, Jim, any uh, final words there?
1: You wanna No, have a great weekend. We'll, uh, we'll talk offline about uh, continuing on the next show. Yeah, this is uh this is a great series. It should be going on
0: until what would we say 2030. 2028. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have your uh, house in order by 2030, folks, just plan on living in a 15-minute city. That's what I say. <laughs> at least with the, at least with yeah. this show, when you're living in a 15-minute city, you'll understand the rules and regulations and how it actually operates. So, it's like the dummy's yeah. guide to the 15-minute city. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. I'll be back tomorrow with Mark, and then Sunday I'm going to continue with Industrial Society. It's future, and Monday we're going to have Justin on. He's the rancher. It's going to give us a lot of tips and talk realistically about how you would start a homestead, if that's something you're interested in doing. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend. I'm Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard, right here on pain.tv slash gold. Thanks, Jim.
1: The Matrix is yeah. a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change the human being.
0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at
1: pain.tv slash go.